0: Hello and welcome to episode 165 of Navigating the Modern World. I was um, listening to part of my last podcast and I realized I didn't put music on my last podcast. <coughs> so, there's that. <laughs> Not that you guys, you know, tune in for the music, but sorry about that. Um i tune in for the music let's be honest i really like the music um thank you guys so much for being here it's amazing to have the time and energy to sit down to another podcast and to be inspired to talk about more content and talk about whatever is going on with me and what i wanted to talk about today is regret <laughs> regret um man regret I was thinking the other day what sparked me wanting to have this conversation I was like thinking about just my own past and how often I think of something that has happened in the past that I might feel like cringy about or some regret about and how that just so affects present moment. And then it so affects making decisions for the future. And I was just like thinking about how many times folks would hire me in the past as well, because they had done something in their past, and it created a certain, let's say result. And then they were like paralyzed in the present moment, because they didn't want to make that decision again and I you know I heard it in all the places people's careers like I chose this job and the job ended up terrible and then I was stuck in it for three years and now I'm like paralyzed I can't really find another job because I'm terrified I'm gonna make a bad decision again or like I dated this person and this person ended up terrible but I ended up staying with him for two extra years you know it's just like and then people become paralyzed in present moment because of their past experiences. And oftentimes, like the past experiences that paralyze us in present moment, we also experience something called regret. And as I've thought about regret a lot from my own life, a few things have come up that I wanted to just share with y'all. I don't know who's dealing with any form of regret or But there's some things that I think could really be talked about that aren't super talked about. And one is just how humid it is to make choices and for things not to go as we thought. And two is um, this idea that what has happened prior is going to happen again. And... Then there's also just this whole thing of, like, how to work with regret whenever it arises in your life because it's going to arise. Like, part of what I love about Buddhism is, like, watching the human experience, my own experience, and being really mindful in my own experience is just how caught up in, like, what I would call samsara or caught up in the world or caught up in greed or des- or desire or um, hatred or, you know, just caught up in these things of the world. And then I make decisions based in that place. And then I feel regretful for making those decisions. And I have made regretful decisions that are small, like word vomiting on somebody, something not super nice. And then being like, Oh, can't take that back. wish I wouldn't have said that. Right. All the way to like big things, which is like being unskillful with sex. Um, lying. I mean, run the gamut, I have, you know, I've done it. And the cool thing about me being able to just admit that I have done regretful things is that it's just so human. You know, we're not enlightened beings. We're not even, I would say, for the most part, we're not super skillful in our day to day life. And so to make decisions that you know, aren't ideal, I think it's just normal. It's just part of the human experience. It's part of being human. And I don't even think it's like a bad thing, so to speak. I think we can work with, you know, the aftermath of decisions that weren't best. And we can work with learning how to make better decisions as we get older and mature. But I really have seen that it's just part of life. And it's kind of a part of life that not many people are talking about or admitting to or, you know, it's it's a harder conversation. It's It's like the harder, one of the harder feelings that we feel. And inside of that humanness is, I don't know, just this like, Right beside right beside it. So we make we make a decision that isn't ideal. And then right beside it is the opportunity to observe one part of the human experience. And through that observation we begin to open up to compassion toward ourselves. We begin to learn about forgiveness. We begin to learn about letting go. I think so much of this life is like us trying to prevent bad things. And it's just like, resentment is just one of those things. that's like, okay, this is just a human thing. And We can get better at making decisions potentially, but we can't really always, um, control the outcome of our decisions. And so sometimes even the outcome of our decisions cause regret. And so it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's like we're trying to only have good experiences. And I want to suggest that right there in that mindfulness, right there in that compassion and that awareness, the forgiveness, all of that, there's also the ability to just accept that life is not going to always deliver what we want. But life, in a lot of ways, is just what's occurring. And it's kind of has a life of its own, so to speak. There are so many things that have happened to me that I, in the moment that it was happening, would not have wanted that thing to happen. And because those things have happened, and I have worked with them over the years, I actually deeply believe that I am a better person. And so regret has this like, ability, you know, it has this ability to do two things. One we can feel very isolated in it and think that we're the only ones that are making bad decisions, which is what I think a lot of people think is like, I'm the only one making bad decisions. And it's just not true. Every single human, me included are making bad decisions. (laughs) And two, um, we can begin to, you know, have awareness and mindfulness around, our decisions that don't feel the best in our bodies and we can learn from them and we can let that information guide us forward, guide us forward. For me, you know, a lot of the decisions that are ideal that I've made in the past are the things that have guided me more toward being kind, being giving, being more patient, being more, honest and communicative, Um, not sacrificing my morals for things. You know, it's like all of those decisions, when I've begun to just like really observe and investigate them and feel in my body the experience of feeling regret, those things begin to send me on a path toward more peace more joy more calm you know it, it has helped guide me but that's because my view of regret is that it's just human and that it's okay and that it's a it's kind of like a signpost it's like when regret arises it's a signpost for me to pay attention what's going on here what choice did I make What did I say? What did I, you know, it's like it is the moment to begin to investigate. And inside of that investigation, I have begun to learn to work with regret and see regret as also, (laughs) it's like, um, there is a way in which a lot of the things that maybe I'm quote unquote regretful for I also look back at them and they provide me a sense of peace in that I begin to witness my life and see that I have had many experiences. And some of them are painful experiences, but with that pain, there's also a richness. There's a There's a thing that, like, makes me feel like I can, like, rest easy because, like, did that, tried that, doesn't work, right? It's like, um, and not, I want to say, like, I don't think we need to make bad decisions necessarily to learn. We can kind of observe other people and they're learning and learn, or we can, you know, we can begin to just... Oh, man, I guess the word would be renunciate or something, some, some, some bit of um, abstinence. You know, it's like you grow up and you hear that drugs are bad. And even though you might have a curiosity about them because they're quote unquote bad, it's like there is something also honorable and noble about just abstaining from doing drugs. And I think that some people have to learn by doing things, you know, and I have definitely been a person who has needed to learn by doing things. And I'm kind of stubborn in that way, I guess. And I also think that it's like, a, it's like a, uh, a disciplined thing. I'm not a very disciplined person, as you can tell with my inconsistent podcasting. Um, I'm just not a very consistent person. And there's a part of me that wants to be more consistent. So I'm working towards that. And then there's a part of me that's just like, also deeply invested in accepting myself and not overthinking things too much, but to maybe choose the few areas where consistency feels really important. Because I really care about being successful in those areas, or I care about being consistent in those areas. So I can like turn up the dial on discipline in those specific areas, and then the other areas I like give myself, of just a break. I'm like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> like, don't be so hard on yourself, you know. And maybe I'm saying that to you. I don't know. I feel like I'm constantly saying it to me, but we don't. I don't think we need to be so hard on ourselves. You don't need to be so hard on yourself. And I think regret is often us just like, one, it's rumination. It's just ruminating on something that has happened. And then two, it's almost like a waste of time in in a lot of ways. There's like skillful ways of like being with regret. And then there are kind of unskillful ways of being with regret. And I would say the unskillful ways is just like beating yourself up repeatedly or letting yourself like just rehash it over and over again and wondering why Um, for those that are like wondering why me too, (laughs) me too. Um, I think, I think we can, you know, skillfully look at the behavior that we've done. We can begin to investigate it, but to actually know why we make certain decisions, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think we could probably look at the biggest picture and be like evolutionarily, we're terrified, and we're avoiding pain, and we're avoiding discomfort, and we've just, you know, evolved to desire pleasure over discomfort over years and years and years and years and years of evolution, you know, and we're trying to be safe because we don't want to die, you know, ultimately, so there's, like, this high level, and then there's, like, this, this micro level of, like, I am unsure that we are aware enough to know why the, you know, I think we can grow to be more aware for sure. Um, the Buddha talks about how to know something is like to be able to witness like a bunch of layers of things that are occurring both in the external world, but also in the internal world. And, and, to be able to catch it all, you have to be like super tuned in and mindful and quiet. Like you have to be able to have the awareness, the the most open, expansive awareness to be able to like witness all those micro levels of what's occurring. But then there's also just the thought and the idea of like, you know, the Buddha says like, when you fall from the tree, at some point, you you know, you have no idea how many limbs you've passed as you've fallen down from the tree and hit the ground. And even though it's m- maybe good information to know about how far you fell or what branch you hit or didn't hit or how many branches you, you know, miss, like all of that's interesting information. But the truth is, is that you just fell out of the tree and now you're in pain. And so because we are working toward enlightenment or we are working toward awareness or we're working toward being more skillful in our life, whatever your path is. I think everybody's path is slightly different, but we can learn to have a stronger awareness and be able to notice stuff of that nature. But then there's the other truth, which is just like when you are in pain, Just knowing that you're in pain and knowing that you fell from the tree is actually enough. And so knowing that you're experiencing regret is actually enough. And you can can just know that you're feeling regret. And you can kind of like tune in to what happened and what occurred. But tune in in a really specific way of just like what is there to learn here. And then feel it in your body, really feel it in your body, feeling the pain that certain behavior causes. I think um, so much of why we repeat behavior is because we don't actually allow ourselves to feel the pain that it causes us. Because when we begin to actually feel and experience our pain, it changes us. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to be in pain. And so often what happens, like let's say something happens at work and then we're in pain, so we come home and we just eat a bunch of food. And then eventually, like, that makes us feel better in, like, a hot moment. And then we end up usually stacking our regrets. So we we already regret what happened at work, and now we regret eating the whole bag of cookies. You know what I mean? It's like we – so when in actuality, the potential of not, you know, adding on to our regret, or in Buddhism called the second arrow, shooting yourself with the second arrow, is – learning how to be with the first arrow, learning how to be with the first thing that's arising, that's causing pain. And it always, 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 always just starts with like acknowledging it and knowing what's here, paying attention, knowing what's occurring in the body, just being really like noticing, like kind of like, um, If you're holding a newborn baby, you know, you all of the sudden are very present and with this baby and paying attention and looking at its hands and its eyes and its mouth, you know. Or if you're in nature and you're at this really beautiful scene, your senses begin to awaken and they begin to become just more heightened. And so you begin to notice things. You begin to notice the crevices and the Grand Canyon and the shadows and the colors and the, you know, you begin to notice everything because your senses have heightened. And we can do this whenever we notice we're in pain too. And we will do everything we can. I want to say resistance is like... (laughs) The first thing that anybody will probably feel and that's kind of normal and I think I think knowing that when we are starting to investigate pain or learning to be with pain and res, res, you know regret is like a definitely a form of pain I would say we have some resistance and I think how we then work with regret is we begin to just work with the resistance first And I think we can just say, like, oh, I'm feeling resistant. What is that like? Well, I want to go eat food. Oh, I'm biting my fingernails again. Oh, I'm online shopping for dresses, (laughs) right? Like, whatever it is. We we each have our thing. My partner says this quote that I love, and it kind of has nothing to do with this topic, but I love the quote anyway. He's like, we all just have to find our own, um, you know, placebo. Like, we're all in pain most of the time. And we're all just like trying to find the placebo of the pain. And I, you know, I, I don't know from a high level, like I feel like most of the pain for myself comes from just like not understanding my connection to everything and feeling like very separate and alone and, um, and like unable to express myself, you know, there's just like this whole thing. It's like, the, the moment that I kind of think that we take on an identity of any sort is like the moment that we kind of remove ourselves from this bigger thing. It's like we're, we're identi- identity less and we're a part of everything and everything is less distinguishable. It's more blurred. and um, But that's like a really intense, you know, place to live, like living in that place, especially in the modern world. Is really hard. I mean, I think it's why monks like go into um, monasteries and, you know, take vows and take robes because it's to work, t- really work toward enlightenment and be in the world is like a tough thing. And I actually love that there is more of a movement toward, um, you know, becoming more mindful doing these practices in day-to-day life it's so it's becoming more accessible for lay people which i think is just like an amazing blessing and i think you know when we begin to like open our senses towards whatever we're opening it toward resistance is just kind of what happens and i think it happens for good reason and so as we notice resistance, I think a lot of times what we want to do is have resistance against the resistance. It kind of just creates these like feedback loops when what I think we could do is just like begin to work through. So there's like some things in Buddhism that we can begin to work through to really be skillful. And one is to like notice just bring awareness, heighten the awareness. What is this feeling like? Name it, label it, you know, just, okay, this is resistance. Okay. This is regret. Okay. You know, feeling it. Oh, I'm feeling it in my chest. My chest is tight. I'm feeling it in my belly. I feel nauseous or nauseated. Um, and then the very first thing that I love to do is I love to begin just reminding myself with the truth that this will go away. Now, how we remind ourselves for that is like for each their own one way that really works for me is for me to begin thinking back on my life and thinking about all the changing nature of everything changing nature of the sun coming up and going down changing nature of my job how it changes every single day changing nature of my relationships changing nature of aging my body um my hair. Like I just begin to think about the changing nature of everything that I've experienced in my life and remind myself that this is just another moment that will go away. Another way that I love to contemplate this idea of impermanence, this idea that things, everything's going to go away. Nothing is permanent. Um, is I love to contemplate my own death and just recognizing like, okay, Just like everything else goes away, I am also going to go away. And I'm going to just contemplate on that. And what it does is it does a few things. It makes the thing that seems so big, it makes it seem not so big. (laughs) Because the truth is, is like death will always feel scarier and bigger. So to begin to like contemplate on the bigger, scarier thing. And so many people are like, I'm not scared of death, which radio that's great like i i think that you know i think that like for those that think they're not scared of death i'm not sure you've contemplated it deep enough because like it's pretty terrifying um and if you do feel like you're a person that's not scared of death like great no problem i i said radio in like a real way radio like that's that's great that's cool um and it begins to just put you in real touch with the fragility of this life. Like, I think I have been a person that has totally been, you know, guilty of saying, like, I'm not scared of death. And then I start sitting with it and I'm like, oh, I'm not ready. No, nope. oh. you know, s- squeezing all the muscles, like, hold on tight. Don't want to leave, um, you know got still things to clean up, got still things to do. Like whatever. It's like this, like almost automatic, like feeling of like tightness. And that's kind of the resistance that I think is the first step to almost, to most things. Um, so you like feel this resistance and then you can like ease into it, feeling it out. And it's actually quite profound. Uh, If you look at my podcast somewhere, I have a death meditation. It's like literally my favorite meditation. But it begins to just open you up to the other side of death, which is that there is like a deep preciousness about life. And this moment has it, even if it feels painful. I've meditated on death before where um, I've like been having, I'm like meditating about death and then like an unpleasant thing comes up and then all of a sudden right beside the unpleasant thing I'm filled to the brim with gratitude for being able to experience it one last time like oh my gosh like if I really was on my deathbed even if it was pain I'd be grateful for it because like that's how bad we want to be alive you know it's how bad that I think um it's just so precious. I think not only do we want to be alive, but we want to experience this life. I think that's, you know, why we're humans and humans bodies. Like, think about it. We have so many sense, sense organs and so many sensory experiences in this life. And I think we're just kind of like hungry to experience them all. And I think even though regret is, is, a less romantic, um, thing to experience. It's just as precious as happiness. It's just as precious because it's just a moment of your life. It's just as precious. And I think a lot of times we like run from the harder things because we think that like, they're the wrong thing or they shouldn't be here. And I just feel like they're just such a beautiful part of humanity and being human. And we can learn from them of course, and have the opportunity to make decisions that we don't regret. But if regret comes up, it's, it's just a part of being here and being in this human body. And not being enlightened, you know, not being gods, not being, uh, spiritual, like spiritual. Well, spiritual isn't really the word, but it's like not being completely in tune with what is happening, you know, like I definitely am not. And, I am excited to keep working towards becoming more in tune. I feel like when I'm in tune, I'm like very sensitive and everything is like overwhelmingly beautiful, (laughs) which can be its own form of anxiety. It's like, Oh my gosh, everything is so overwhelmingly amazing. And mostly that has happened to me on retreat. I would say it has happened to me in life. Actually, my divorce sparked a really weird year of my life where my level of happiness was like skyrocketed and i think you know there's something to freedom that um you know when you are out of a relationship that felt maybe challenging at times or you felt unsure about it's like when you get out of it it's like it's like the coat falls to the earth and you can lighten your load a little bit and in the moment of hard things happening. It's like hard to see. But when I think back, I'm like, man, I really was, um, in some ways thriving in myself, you know, being able to know myself and get to know myself. And, and that's kind of how I've begun to look at anything that's happened in my life, which is just like, these are experiences and they make me who I am. and, the preciousness of that is amazing. Um, And the things that I have regretted, learning to pay attention to them in a certain way and notice them and bring awareness to them, and then learning to be more kind to myself, have compassion, And then learning to forgive myself. I forgive you. I forgive you. I can't tell you how many times I've been in meditation and just sat in like silence with my hands like all over my heart and just repeating, I forgive you to myself. And through these things, I think we learn to be compassionate and forgiving of others. Recognizing that they too are going to make decisions that aren't ideal and that might cause us pain. And we have, I am positive, we have made decisions that have caused other people pain. And that could be part of the regret, you know. And I think regret, one of the beautiful things about regret when you turn toward it is that you can begin to actually experience the pain that you caused yourself or that you caused others. And there is like something profound about that. Um, There's a question that I love to ask people whenever I know that I've kind of hurt them. And that question is, is like, how did that affect you when I did that? And I ask because I actually want into their experience. I actually want to be able to feel what I caused in their life. Be, not because I want to beat myself up more, but because actually experiencing what another person experiences changes you actually experiencing pain changes you avoiding pain, I think just keeps you caught in cycles, but actually experiencing pain, whether yours or another's, it changes you it like you have no choice it, it like literally just changes you because to actually feel something in that moment, it's almost like you become one with it and in becoming one with something, you begin to understand it and you begin to um, see it differently or experience it differently. And it just changes you. It's like it begins to push you in different directions and you know, In my 20s, I hurt a lot of people. I, you know, I did some very regretful things. And I have learned to clean up with people because of it. So to admit my mistakes and apologize for my mistakes without the other person needing to forgive me. Just knowing it's the right thing to do. Cleaning up my side of the street And then I've learned to, like, just be way more of an honest person to myself, really owning the things that I've done. And then I've learned to be, like, really, really kind and compassionate and loving towards myself because the opposite, beating myself up all the time or, like, hating myself because I've done something, literally is just, like, torture. And I've really tried to not torture myself so much. (laughs) I really tried to not torture myself so much Um, because to me, it just feels really, really wasted time. It's like I could spend the same amount of time being kind. And um, and science, by the way, thanks to Kristen Neff, who studies compassion, um, science proves that actually compassion helps you change way more than beating yourself up so if you if you're like a type of person that's like no I have to be tough on myself It's it's what changes me there's actually science that says that doesn't work very well (laughs) and I feel that it doesn't work very well like I have every time I beat myself up I feel like it just sends me into a spiral of like eating unhealthy and you know like treating other people bad because then I just feel bad about myself it's just like it doesn't spiral in the way I want whereas compassion even though it takes practice, it's like hard to be kind to yourself when you've done something. Man, it is hard. I wish it wasn't so hard, but it's hard. Um, when you choose to be kind, like, you could always be beating yourself up in every moment. But if you just choose to be kind, which takes a little bit of work and takes a little bit about figuring out what you need in those moments. And I always like to just ask myself, like, okay, what do I need to hear most what do i need to hear most right now and often it's like hey you're not alone you're you're good enough it's okay you know um so like it's kind of fun to just practice being kinder to myself in the face of the resistance of like no i deserve bad things you know it's like well what if you don't you know, what if you deserve kindness and what if you deserve, um, some understanding because you're human? I think a lot of times we think we're like letting ourselves off the hook. And I want to just say, it's like not letting yourself off the hook. It's just like a pathway to, um, creating spaciousness to actually be with the pain. It's like when we beat ourselves up, we're just adding pain. It's the second area. You're just adding pain on top of pain. But when you, you know, you give yourself some kindness you kind of like lubricate the area and you kind of like open it up for some spaciousness to be able to actually look at it, to be with it, to learn from it. And we have to have that space. We have to have the pause of like, okay, I have choice right now on how I treat myself. How am I going to treat myself? And oftentimes we'll be like way lost in the self-deprecating behavior before we realize that we have choice. But even then, it's it's a signpost. Oh, I'm being deprecating. Got it. Okay. Got it. What's going on here? Can I be kind? And so, you know, the pattern that I'm kind of repeating in different ways is just like Awareness. curiosity, kindness, and then there's some like really tangible things too. You know, if you're experiencing regret, you can just ask yourself like, is there anybody I need to apologize to? Is there anything I need to clean up? And then doing it. You're not going to ever regret doing it. The other person still may not forgive you and they might still hate you. I have, re- I have asked for forgiveness for many people and they still hate me. That's <laughs> just like, okay, but that's okay. Cause like, I don't have to deal with the hate anymore. I don't have to deal with the regret anymore. They can still hold on to their hate if they really want to. That's their problem, but you don't have to, you can actually let that go. And ultimately, you know, maybe the whole point of life is letting go. And with regret, we're going to pick it up. It's like a glass, you know, if a glass had a, had somebody, it was a red solo cup and it was regret. That was somebody's name. <laughs> oh man. So many terrible dad jokes right then. Um, but you know, you can, you're going to pick up regret. You're going to pick it up. It's going to be a part of your life. It's going to be a part of the human experience, but you can always set it down. You can look at it from afar set it down and then practice being with it with a little bit of distance a little bit of space and slowly I think over time that's when forgiveness happens that's when like true care for yourself happens that's when like you begin to see the perspective of like dang yes this thing wasn't ideal but like look how much I learned from it it helped me develop who I want to be as a person. It helped me develop ways of learning to communicate. It helped me develop honesty. It helped me develop cleaning up with people. It helped me develop communication I think I already said that. <laughs> it helped me develop a lot of things, sense of humor. And I think it's just every time it arises, really working with it. Every time it arises, working with it. Every time it arises, being willing to work with it. So that way you're not just piling stuff on top of the regret, which is often what I think does happen. It's like, life is going to have pain. We don't have to add more pain to the pain. Life is going to have pain. And... We can choose to, like, and sprinkle, if I can say, use that word. (laughs) We could sprinkle some, like, you know, some, like, uh, sparkles or glitter or beauty on top of it, and we can begin to see both. We can begin to observe these painful things with the perspective of, like, I want to learn from this, or I want to observe what's happening so that I can not do it again. Or I can learn to be more kind to myself or learn to forgive myself or, you know, and you can just learn also just what it's like being human by doing this, which is mostly why I do it. So i I'm like, wow, humans, <laughs> we're actually kind of crazy, but I don't know. Maybe that's what makes us fun and maybe that's what makes it like all worth it is that we're just like a little bit crazy um okay well I have dinner plans so (laughs) I'm gonna have to go uh but this has been fun um see if you can be a little kinder this week maybe until next time